Chair, you may start when you're ready. Okay. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, my apologies. I, I, I misread my emails, and I thought that there was a cancellation of this meeting, and so that is my fault. Um, bear with me as I try and open up the uh, my agenda through one of my devices. Give me a second. Uh, but I think I think off the top of my head, we need to uh, uh, call the meeting to order, if I'm correct, and, and uh, uh, do a quorum count, if I'm correct. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Will you please proceed with that as I open up this agenda and one of my <laughs> devices, please. Okay, Jason Bader. Here. Uh, John Colville is absent. Uh, Don Holm. Here. Manny Leon. Here. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I'm opening. Again, I, I apologize. Um, I am opening this up. I don't. Um, let's see. Oh, geez. Um, you know what? I think we're, Valerie, I'm having that same uh, Adobe issue that we had with the update and the one that you use versus the one I use type of thing. Um, you, you remember how we were talking about the signing and I had to yes. sign in a different way. Um, but I think at the top of my head, the consent calendar should be the next item, if I'm correct. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think I'll go online to see if I can pull it up online while we're doing the consent calendar, please. I'll make a motion to approve this consent calendar. Second. That Dawn, second? Yes. All right. Uh, for the vote, Jason? Here? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dawn? Yes. <laughs> and Manny? Yes. Okay. The next item is Siegel Marco Marco Advisors Quarterly Investment Performance Report for June 30th, 2020. Perfect. Okay. Uh, let, let's go on to that discussion item while I'm opening it up. It's crazy. I guess I've just done this for do these type of meetings for so I just know the order of these type of agendas. So, thank you again. Thank you for working with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pedro, there's for the record, there's no callers for public comment on the consent calendar. Got it. Or, and I have that's right. I have to say that for each item, correct? Correct. So there's no right. on the consent calendar or on item three. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, now we proceed. Thank you very much. Does, it, does that mean it's me? It's game time. <laughs> Did you all want me to share my screen or does everybody have it up in front of them and Hold up. Uh, could you share your screen? You all see it? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Well, so I'm, I'm glad I'm able to join you in a timely manner uh, this time. It's good to see everybody again. It's been, you know, quite a while since we've been together in person. Um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, I was looking at the notes from the last meeting uh, when we chatted on, you know, towards the end of June. And, you know, I know we were most of the way through the, the end of the second quarter, but I think when you're actually looking at the numbers uh, now, what happened between the second quarter and the first quarter is much more stark. So if you, you know, you look here on that very top line, the S&P was up 20.5% for the second quarter. Um, you can see there, you know, year to date, it was still down about 3% through the end of June. 
what it looks like now is it's positive, it's over 5% positive for year to date um, as we're sitting here today. What you do see, you know, kind of towards the middle here is the, you know, the strong divergence between growth and value. So you see here that growth index up 9.8% you know, year to date the value index down 16.3%. A lot of that has to do with the fact that this, I'll call it a rally, has to do with the haves and the have-nots. We've seen phenomenal numbers out of technology names, namely the FANGs. So Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, um, and Microsoft is a silent M in there. Uh, they've done incredibly well. Through the end of June, uh, looking back five years, the S&P had returned a cumulative 69%. If you took those six names out of the S&P 500, the return would have dropped to the mid 40s. So just those six names cumulatively, looking back five years, should return 275%. Um, you know, we've seen something very, very similar uh, between growth and value. Energy has continued to struggle. Things like travel and leisure obviously have continued to struggle. Um, you know, food industry has remained somewhat challenged. Uh, but what you saw in the second quarter was the market looking ahead, pricing in what the Fed did with dropping rates to zero, uh, restarting the quantitative easing program and basically buying everything under the sun when it comes to fixed income. It has to do with the $2 trillion maybe I'm sorry, $3 trillion of stimulus that Congress has put into place right now. And also the expectation that there would be another trillion dollars roughly of stimulus coming. Uh, so we saw the market price, all of that in, we've seen incredibly good results from experts. Uh, you also do see the good results from fixed income. Uh, when we were chatting last time, fixed income results have been somewhat challenged in the first quarter. Um, as investors got rightfully nervous during the first quarter, there was a flight to quality. Government securities dramatically outpaced everything else. Uh, we've subsequently seen with government action that those spreads have come in. You, know, you see here credit, which is corporate. Highlighting things in PDF is challenging. Uh, you see corporate debt did exceptionally well for the quarter. You see high yield, which is below investment grade corporate debt, recovered very, very nicely. Um, and you see here government lagging um, for the quarter. They're continuing to outperform most other sectors year to date. And that's typically what we see is when there's what I would call a more normal market environment that non-government issued debt continue, you know, ten, tends to outperform. Um, you know, looking at this chart quickly on the fixed income side, you know, if you look at that, I don't know if you all can see, I'll try and blow this up a little bit. If you look at this chart in, you know, right here in the upper right, you can see where bond yields are sitting. You know, as, I, as I mentioned, the Fed cut short-term rates to zero. What we've subsequently seen as well is a, long, a depression on the longer end of the yield curve. So even if you invest your money for you know 10 years, 30 years, you're expecting just over 1%. If you think about where inflation has tended to run, 
you know, even in this period of relatively low inflation, it's been about 2%. So if you invested your money in a 10-year treasury and inflation runs at 2%, you're effectively looking at a negative real return of about 1%. So, you know, we're, we're certainly expecting some challenges here. You know, we were saying similar things back in 2008 and fixed income returns ended up being pretty good overall. Um, but you do look at the state of now, uh, future growth does look somewhat challenged. So, you know, it is fixed income is an area that we're definitely keeping an eye on. Um, you know, one of the questions that we get a lot of in terms of where things sit right now is the market has done really well. You know, I look at where the economy sits, you know, negative annualized GDP of 33, negative 33% in the first quarter. There's still, you know, 10 plus million individuals unemployed. Uh, you know, jobless claims for the most part have come in under, or I'm sorry, over a million dollars a week, uh, not dollars, a million people a week. You know, you saw that, I don't know if anybody saw the number that came out today, but there were 860,000 was what was reported. Expectation was 850, um, 850,000. So uh, it does seem we're sort of at the front end of some of this. Um, I know a lot of other, you know, public uh, entities are just kind of getting into the, do we need to furlough staff? Do we need to reduce salaries? How do we handle you know, declining tax revenue and things like that? Um, but what you're seeing is you know, the economy is not necessarily kept up with what we've seen from the market. At some stage, you know, they, they're very, very likely to converge. You've already seen some hiccups a little bit in September. The market's been a lot more volatile. Um, I don't know if anybody saw, but the market was down today. It closed down in negative territory. It was led by declines in tech stocks. I, for one, updated my iPhone last night, and I really disliked that new operating system. So can't say I'm sad to see Apple go down a little bit today. <laughs> but um, you know, we were certainly against the backdrop of you know, the continued, I'd say, you know, steady path of COVID-19 uh, protests, racial challenges uh, around the nation. The um, political situation is starting to heat up again as well uh, with the election uh, coming up very, very shortly. So continued volatility is probably a given uh, for what we've seen. You know, a lot of it's gonna be data driven on whether or not that's positive um, upward momentum or negative upward momentum. So I'm going to pause there. You know, certainly happy to to answer any questions on the economy, but I'll move on to the portfolio and results if there are none. Do we have any questions? It looks like we're we're okay. Okay. So, taking a look at the portfolio at the end of June, you can see assets recovered to 265.6 million dollars. Uh, the bullet, you know, that really has to do with you know, very strong investment returns, which we'll look at in just a moment. Looking at the asset allocation page, you can see the June allocation on the left and the March allocation on the right. One of the things that you will notice is a lot of the bars are flip flopped. So when we were, you know, meeting in June, you were overwhelmed. for your fixed income. 
really a reflection where you made all that back up quite yet. You, you saw the continued resurgence in equities, and now you see that you are slightly overweight to target on the uh, large cap growth side. You are now slightly underweight to fixed income. Uh, you know, really, solely a result, a, a large result of uh, you know certainly market fluctuations. And I know Stacy has some more comments on this um, in a couple of minutes. So really taking a look at results, you can see here on this top line, portfolio up nearly 14% for the quarter. That contrasts with a negative 15.4% that you saw uh, in the first quarter. Um, and you can see here your fiscal year to date up three and a quarter percent. You know, certainly that is behind the actuarial assumption for the year. But as a reminder, when we were talking about March numbers, that fiscal year to date return was negative 9.4%. Even though markets were doing well, I would not have felt comfortable sitting here at the last meeting telling you that you were going to have a positive one year return um, you know, for the plan. Now, looking across our clients, across plans, I'll be honest, there is a very wide you know, divergence in, um, in terms of returns. We have plans for the one-year period that are you know, similarly allocated that had a negative return for that one-year period. A lot of it had to do with their manager performance, or I guess I will call it lack thereof, relative to the benchmarks. Um, and then we had some that were, you know, positive five, six percent for that one year. Um, you know, certainly you have, you know, your plan has one of the higher equity allocations, um, you know, that we do see. So you, you know, you both benefited, um, you, you've been largely benefited from that allocation. Most of our plans are in like that 55 to 60 percent range equity. Um, you know, so not exactly comparing apples to apples, but, you know, I think, despite the fact you missed the assumption for this year, you should be very pleased that you did it up in, you know, positive, positive territory. Um, I will point out for your last three fiscal years, which are on the far right-hand side of the page, looking up at the top, you have beat your fiscal year, all three of those last years, which, you know, which is very, you know, it's very good. It's very strong. We've seen very strong performance across the, the portfolios as a whole. So I'm going to stop there. Uh, you know, certainly happy to answer any questions at this stage. Uh, board members, any questions? I do have one actually. So, you know, you talked about Fang and kind of the phenomenal returns they've had in the short term and how we've seen a lot of the companies that aren't at the, you know, top 10% of the S&P 500, they've, they've kind of struggled, even though the S&P has come back. So I'm, you, do you think the six and a half is sustainable for the next, I don't know, three to five years, given, you know, where the economy's kind of headed right now? Yeah, I mean, it, nor, it, normally if you told me that I had a six and a half percent return bogey to get, I'd feel really good about it. Um, I, I'll, be, I'll say right now, I, I don't know. Um, you know, certainly I think, you know, the pandemic places so much unknown on what economic reopenings look like. I think depending on who wins the election in November, that plays a pivotal role 
Um, you know, to, to some extent, the, you know, the current administration has gotten the U.S. shut out of certain discussions globally. So as we've seen other countries start to open back up more, you've seen more flows of goods and services, particularly services, which the U.S. actually, which, excel, which the U.S. excels at relative to other places. Um, you know, if we continue with the case count we have, it's feasible that, you know, that service industry will take even longer to recover because we're not even able to export some of that. So, um, you know, I do think over time, six and a half percent is very, very achievable, mm -hmm. um, you know, especially given the allocation, you know, even over most time periods, you see fixed income returning in the five percent range. Um, the longer this goes on, the longer the economy is working in fits and starts, uh, the longer we cannot put additional stimulus in place. You know, I think the more challenging it becomes. Um, and I know that's kind of a consulting answer and not necessarily getting directly, you know, to it, but I, you know, to answer directly, you know, in most instances, six and a half percent is absolutely doable. Um, but given everything out there right now, it, it could be a harder bogey to get, but I would still feel pretty good about being able to do that. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, we can continue. I think, Don, any questions or no? Okay, okay. I'm good, thank you. Okay. Um, I don't know if this was uh, your conclusion or if you had any, uh, any more. No, that was going to be all for me. And if it would be okay, okay. with you all, I'd like to stick on for Stacey's comments. Sure, sure. Um, okay. Uh, and uh, uh, Madam Clerk, I think you mentioned we don't have any callers for this particular agenda item. That's correct. Okay. Uh, then I think we can uh, take a motion in a second. Uh, and since I think there's only three of us, I, I can make a motion, right? I think I can. That's why I can't. <laughs> so I'll make a motion because nobody's telling me I can. <laughs> I'll second your motion. Okay. Spread the love. Okay. Jason? Yes. Uh, Dawn? Yes. And Manny? Yes. Great. All right. And so I'm just having complete technical difficulty over here. So I, I'll make it a tally here. And I know we're on item five, if I'm correct. Uh, and so, but I don't have the agenda in front of me. And so, um, uh, but I think we're good to go on agenda five. If, I'm assuming it's Stacy since we're on. We're on, we're on <laughs> item right. number, we're on item number four. SCURS quarterly <laughs> investment report. Four. Okay. I thought we were on five. Okay. We're on four. Okay. Four. Item number four. Got it. So um, I do not have the ability to screen share because I use two different devices because my city device does not support video. Um, so hopefully you all mm -hmm. have the report. Um, I'll keep it really high level. So even if you're not referencing it, you should be able to follow along. Um, I just do want to follow on with Craig said um, about our return for the year. When John and I talked several times over the last few months, we both thought it would be phenomenal if we ended up flat on the year. So coming in at three and a quarter for us um, really feels like uh, the portfolios performed the way we hoped they would, anticipated they would. Um, again, if John was here, the first question he would ask me is, how do CalPERS and CalSTRS do? Um, it's hard to compare them. They, As you know, they probably have 40 to 50 times the staff that we do. 
they invest in all kinds of asset classes. We do not. Things like real estate and infrastructure did phenomenal. So you would think that their results really would be far ahead of ours, but um, their unaudited returns for the year were uh, CalPERS came in at 4.7 and CalSTRS came in at 3.9. So very comparable, um, especially when you look at all the different asset classes they were exposed to during the last year, which has been, well, really the last six months with all the volatility. So moving on to the monthly, or excuse me, the quarterly report, um, I do want to touch on what Craig was talking a lot about fixed income. As I've said the last several meetings, it's going to be the most difficult asset class to manage going forward. We had three calls the last quarter, which totaled $8 million. So over 10% of the portfolio was called last quarter. Some of that was used to fund the operating account and 6 million of it I reinvested. It'll be on pages 11 and 12 in your report. Um, I'm reinvesting at a much lower interest rate, unfortunately, but in April, we had not gone a whole leg lower. So we did lock in uh, interest rates in the twos, twos to threes. Um, I don't think we'll be able to do that as these calls continue to come in. So it, it's gonna be a challenge going forward. In addition to the fixed income account, as Craig also mentioned, the FANG names, they have continued to outpace the rest of the markets. As some of these names become larger and larger, we've been, I won't use the word force, but it forces us to look at them. They become too large of a position in a portfolio. So we have been slowly selling some of those off as they get larger and larger and using that to fund the operating account as well. Um, we've continued to do that through the current quarter we are in. So you will see that on the next quarterly report. Through about the first week of September, things had really gotten um, not a lot of air left above these names. They really just ran up. So we did take some profits there again, and we are now set for operating, surely just confirm with me until December. So we will see how things go. Um, the last week, week and a half, the market seems to have started pricing in a little more realistically what some of these names should be trading at. Um, they, as Craig said, the disconnect between what's going on in the economy and going on in the market became really evident the first week of September. So even though the market has sold off, we're back to about where we were in the second week of August. So it's not in the grand scheme of things, it's not horrible where the market is right now. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is that Craig talked about the asset allocation. And I know Jason, you asked about the six and a half percent going forward. Um, I will say that as it continues to be challenging to keep adding money to fixed income, the age of this plan is really, we should probably be adding more fixed income, which will be a discussion for the asset allocation in spring. But with these historically low interest rate, it's gonna make it very difficult to meet our bogey. So we will get the first draft of the Bartell report probably at the end of next month. And if you remember in those reports, they show um, a diagram that shows if, if the bogey was raised 1% or lowered 1% and what the what would happen to the portfolio. So that'll be really something interesting to look at to see if, if we were to look at changing the actuarial assumption. I know it has not been changed in a very long time, but we are in very unprecedented times. And I think a lot of us thought in March when we all went home that this would probably be wrapped up and we'd be back in the office in three months. And as Craig mentioned, the longer this drags on, I think it's just become very difficult to predict what's gonna happen. So asset allocation going forward, in addition to actuarial assumptions, is going to be something we're really going to have to look at in the following quarter. 
So that's does, pretty much all I had on that. Yes, I'm sorry. So does the actual report, does it show incremental too? And you said up and down a percent. Does it give us like quarterly changes as well? Um, you know what? I remember 1%. I need to um, pull it up and look again. But, you know, Bartel can basically plug in whatever we ask them to. So yeah, I know Laney had asked for that a couple of years ago. So we knew what the additional burden would be on the general fund if we dropped it to six. Yeah, I do remember that. To look at again. I do remember that. So we can ask them to, if I remember correctly, it's literally like a graph and there's our current and then one on either side. So we could oh, maybe okay. see if they could add two columns on either side and see maybe what a 50 basis point and a 100 looks like, or even a 25 and a 50. So, um, as usual, you know, when the Bartel report comes out, it's not only how we do on this side with the returns, the other equation is how our retirees have done. Um, and I think that it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how missing our actuarial return by 50% basically is going to affect our funded status and how that is offset by our mortality status. So we'll, we'll get those first numbers probably in about six weeks. And then we can try to figure out, you know, that will kind of set set the tone for what we look at in the following quarter. So other than that, I think it was a phenomenal quarter. Um, again, to end up at all, I think was great. I think that what we, I know Craig mentioned he has clients that were negative and clients that were positive and they don't maybe look exactly like us. But one of the things we did is we had cash available so that we were buyers in March and we really saw the, that come to a payoff in the second quarter. We didn't really see it in the first quarter because March 30th came and went and we really hadn't seen the pop yet. But we were able to get some good gains off the money we were reinvested in March. And then on the other side, we've been sellers of the outlier gains, names that were up 50%. And, and sweeping those over to operating. So we're, we're trying to do the right thing. It's not a fun feeling to sell a winner because it, you feel like, oh, it's, it's going up. I really wanna hold on to it. But when these names get too big, it forces me to have to look at them. So in some ways it's good. So I think we're structured well going forward and we'll continue to try to be opportunistic if some of these names get out of hand and book those gains and move them over to operating. And that's all I had. Thank you. Okay. Uh, sounds like there's no other questions for this item. Madam Secretary, is there a caller or there callers for this item? I have no one calling in for public comment on this item. Okay. I would assume off the top of my head that the recommendation usually is to uh, approve this report, right? If I'm correct. A motion to approve this report? Yes, we need a motion. I'll make okay. a motion to make a motion to approve the report. I'll second it. Okay, Jason? Yes. Dawn? Yes. Manny? Yes. Great. All right, uh, item five, from what I, where I can gather, uh, is next up. We have no more items. That's it? Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh oh. Hey, I'll, I'll just, For some reason, wait, you want item five, though. <laughs> well, okay, well, don't, okay, but I do know sometimes that we have. Uh, uh, I think, well, we cover every item with the public comment, right, for the calls, right? So I think that's covered, if I'm correct. Uh, we can call for public comment now. So okay. is Casey, we... do you have something to say? No, I have no, no public comment. The matter's not on the agenda. Okay, okay, perfect. Um, well, all right then. Um, well, thank you all for bearing with me. My apologies for being late. Like I said, I had misinterpreted it. I thought the meeting was canceled. And so thank you again for bearing with me. Um, 
we'll see everyone at the next meeting, which will be uh, towards the end of the year, if I'm correct. And so stay safe out there. And thank you all for attending and, and participating. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks. Bye.